Welcome to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. I'm Erin, pediatric sleep consultant and founder of The Happy Sleep Company. From catnaps to night wakes and regressions to teething, we cover all things baby sleep. With a passion for children's sleep, we're here to help tired families get healthy rest. Hi everyone, welcome back to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. Today we're going to get really specific into a subject that people ask me about all the time and I guess it's really like the overarching theme of our podcast and our account and and our company, the Happy Sleep Company, and it really is what is sleep coaching and how do I sleep coach? So at the Happy Sleep Company, that's what we work on with families every day is sleep coaching. But there are definitely some misperceptions about what sleep coaching is in my mind. There are a lot of, there's a lot of confusion about what it should look like, can look like, could look like for your family and your individual child. So today we're going to walk through a few different sleep coaching techniques and explain them to give you a better idea of what sleep coaching might look like for your family, depending on what type of approach you decide to choose if sleep coaching is something you think your family needs to even embark on. If you're a parent struggling with difficult naps or nighttime wake-ups and you've been looking into sleep coaching methods, you're probably already pretty overwhelmed because because there's Google, because we can search so many different things. And what parents express to me so often is that they just become really overwhelmed with all of the different pieces of advice, trying to put it all together, conflicting information there are so many versions of strategies, some that are similar and others that are wildly different than one another. So many different versions when it comes to managing your child's challenging sleep. I'm going to explain some common sleep coaching lingo in a little bit, but first I want to explain what we mean when we say sleep coaching at the Happy Sleep Company. It's a pretty broad term. It refers in general to teaching a child who's previously been sleeping with assistance, like being rocked to sleep or fed to sleep or bounced to sleep, to now go into their crib awake and fall asleep independently, meaning independent of the rocking, the feeding to sleep, the bouncing to sleep, falling asleep using their own sleep skills is what sleep coaching means. So why would a family choose to sleep coach? Most families are going to choose to sleep coach if, if that's what they're choosing. It's, it's because what they're doing is simply not working for them anymore. That's the short version. But it really is the case in most situations. My motto, not just for sleep, but for parenting in general, is that families should do what works for them and their children until or unless it doesn't work anymore. All in a healthy and safe way, of course. But what about when it doesn't work anymore? What happens when baby is spitting out that pacifier every hour of the night, waking and having trouble getting back to sleep each time, and the whole family is exhausted? This is a, the pacifier is a good example of where something might have worked in the past but not work anymore. Many families will use a pacifier in the newborn stage because it can really calm a fussy baby. It is recommended by Health Canada and the American Academy of Pediatrics as something that can reduce the risk of SIDS. So certainly you should use it in those early months if you can to reduce that risk. But while the pacifier continues to work for many families in terms of helping their baby go to sleep more easily and sleep longer stretches in the night, for many families, the pacifier stops working at some point 
even when it's worked well in the past. Their baby becomes very dependent on falling asleep with the pacifier in their mouth, and anytime it falls out, they soon after very quickly wake up and can't go back to sleep without it. Or even if they're old enough to find it on their own and put it back in their mouth, now they've woken up, they've searched around for it, they're fully awake, their sleep is disturbed, and they need other things to help them get back to sleep. This is a family who will come to us at the Happy Sleep Company and say, hey, something that used to work for us that we thought we'd never change isn't working for us anymore, but we don't know how to help our baby learn to sleep without it. This is sleep coaching. This is when sleep coaching comes into play. Or when baby will go to sleep in a parent's arms, but then wake upset the moment he's placed in the crib. What happens when naps occurring exclusively in mom or dad's arms just isn't feasible for that family anymore? They have another child who needs more attention, and it's really hard to give that child attention when baby will only sleep in the parent's arms. That's a common thing that we hear. It's a common reason why parents might decide that they want to teach their little one new sleep habits and independent sleep skills. And this is when families often start researching sleep coaching techniques to determine what's right for them. So now that we know what sleep coaching is, let's clarify some common terminologies to help you decide what might be best for your own family when it comes to sleep coaching. The first one that I'm going to describe is not an approach that we use at the Happy Sleep Company, but it's definitely an approach that's really prevalent among search engine results. So it's worth explaining so you have a full picture. It's called extinction or cry it out. Cry it out in its traditional sense means leaving baby alone in their crib until they go to sleep. Even if they cry, no matter how long they cry, you don't go back in. Again, this is not an approach that we use at the Happy Sleep Company as sleep consultants, but it is an approach that you can find online and it's an approach that some families use. This method is called extinction because you put your baby down and you don't go back. And In my opinion, this method is, while it works for some families and many families are comfortable with it and have success with it as a sleep coaching tool, it is the approach that gives other sleep coaching approaches a bad rap (laughs) because this is where the idea comes from that sleep coaching is just cry it out and you just leave your baby alone to cry with no support until they go to sleep. And there's this myth that this is the only approach and your baby simply learns that no one's coming. This is why one of the biggest reasons I don't like this approach because this doesn't have to be the only approach that's available to families, but it is the approach that gives the umbrella of sleep coaching a bad reputation. So as with any other method, with extinction, with cry it out, you would go through your bedtime routine, you would put baby in the crib fully awake, putting them down fully awake is a really important part to any sleep coaching technique. You would say your good nights, but with the extinction method, with the cry it out method, traditionally, there is no going back in. There's no going back in to offer reassurance or be with your baby. You wait until they fall asleep. So let's just, I wanted to talk about that one right off the top because it is one that you can find online, but it's also a common one that creates misperceptions about the other sleep coaching techniques that we're about to talk about. So let's talk about timed check-ins. So as with any sleep coaching technique, there are going to be different versions of different techniques. So I'm talking about timed check-ins, but you might've heard this talked about as fervor, graduated extinction, timed intervals, 
overarchingly timed check-ins means that you are putting your little one down in their crib awake at bedtime or when your child has had an overnight wake up or is protesting at nap time and you would leave, but you would continue to check back on your child at preset intervals. You wouldn't use sleep crutches to get your baby back to sleep when you go in to check on that. Important here is that you have to consider what you're doing when you go back in to check on your baby and what you're not doing when you go back in to check on your baby. So if you're choosing a timed check-in approach, you have to decide which timed check-in approach you're choosing. Ferber tends to have parents wait a very short amount of time before the first time they check in, and it gets up to a considerably longer amount of time as time goes on if your baby's still not asleep. Other timed check-in approaches like the one we would be more inclined to use at the Happy Sleep Company would provide for a more consistent amount of time in between check-ins. So we're not only waiting two minutes sometimes, but then half an hour other times. The time would be consistent and we would suggest the amount of time that you would wait before going in to check on your little one. But we want to make sure that your baby is not alone for huge, long, extended periods of time without any support. We want to make sure that they know someone is there for them. That's the whole goal. But we want to avoid overstimulating them when we check on them. And we want to avoid offering sleep props. So we decide if we're using this approach, how long do we wait before we go back in? We talk about what the family's comfortable with and also what makes sense in terms of not going in so often that we're overstimulating the baby, but not waiting so long that baby is becoming extremely upset and wondering where the heck everybody went. So how long are we going to wait before we go back in the room? All right, quick pause, because what is more important to talk about when it comes to sleep than what we actually sleep on? I want to tell you about my very favorite mattress brand, Obison. Whether we're talking mom and dad, kiddo, or baby, Obison is my go-to for comfort when it comes to your family's sleep surface. You wouldn't want your family to sleep on anything less than the very best, and that starts with the best materials in the world. Obison's mattresses are handcrafted in Canada, and their materials are organic, ethically sourced, and chemical-free. Babies' body temperatures tend to fluctuate while they sleep. Obison's mattresses are breathable and moisture-wicking to help regulate babies' temperature levels throughout the night. And comfort knows no age. So Obison's organic 6-inch mattress for kids also features evolving support as your children grow and grow and grow. And when it comes to custom sleep, Obison is all in. That's why in addition to mattresses, they also offer you five distinct pillows with unique designs and different fillings that serve every sleeping style and meet both your toddler's needs and your own as grown-ups. We want your kids sleeping great. Use code HAPPYSLEEPKIDS at checkout and receive a free wool moisture pad when you purchase a kid's 6-inch mattress. Head to obison.com and obison.ca and get great sleep started. When we go back in the room, what are we going to do? We want to make sure that baby can hear your voice and feel your touch, but that you're not lingering around so long that you're confusing baby about what might occur and you're not lingering around so long, rocking and swaying that you're simply using sleep crutches. Because remember, the whole goal was to get rid of the sleep crutches. So it's about going in, being there, being reassuring, but being brief. Words, touch, maybe a little pickup for a little hug, for a little extra support if baby really needs some extra support. And then we're leaving again. And again, we're deciding based on the plan that you've come up with, what is the amount of time we're going to wait before we go back in again. Again, I am a big fan of consistency rather than increasing or decreasing the time in between each check-in, I would be more inclined to pick an amount of time that you're comfortable with and be consistent about how often you go in so that your baby can really understand what to expect 
and really be consistent about what you do when you go in the room. So that is a timed check-in approach. Another really popular approach and an approach that we will use a version of at the Happy Sleep Company is a stay in the room approach, a sit in the room approach. So rather than leaving and checking back, you would stay in the room the whole time until your baby falls asleep, offering support and reassurance the whole time. So I will tell you a couple of scenarios where I'd be more inclined to use one of these approaches than the other. If a family comes to us and they have only ever fed their baby to sleep, rocked their baby to sleep, slept with a baby in their bed, and now their goal is for their baby to be able to go into a crib awake and fall asleep independently, I am more inclined to suggest a sit-in-the-room approach to that family. And again, a sit-in-the-room approach would mean at first, when your baby's first learning about going into this crib with their eyes open, we have a parent sitting by that baby the whole time offering support and reassurance. You're inches away from your baby. You're making sure that they have that reassurance. They hear your voice. They feel your touch. But once again, we're being very careful about not being overly stimulating. We're not talking and chattering and singing the whole time. We're maybe waiting a couple of minutes in between our reassurance, but baby knows you're there the whole time. We're not offering sleep props and sleep crutches like picking baby up and rocking them to sleep in the middle of all of this because then we're not really accomplishing your goal. We're not accomplishing that independent sleep, but we're also making sure that we are there for baby the whole time and they know it. So this is commonly an approach I will use with a family who's got some really big changes to make to their baby's sleep and we're going from one extreme to the other, example, co-sleeping to crib sleeping. However, Timed check-ins is also often a great approach and the best approach for some families. Here are two scenarios where I would use a timed check-in approach. The family has already been able to have some success with independent sleep at bedtime. Their child can go into bed at night, in the evening, awake, without a pacifier and put themselves to sleep, but they still wake up multiple times overnight and the family is confident that the child is ready to sleep through the night, but is just not able to because they've been rocking or feeding their child back to sleep in the middle of the night for many months. This would be a scenario where a timed check-in approach would probably make more sense. We're not going to use a sit-in-the-room approach at bedtime with a child who's already good at going to sleep independently at bedtime. And I like to use the same approach for bedtime and overnight so your baby's not confused. So if we're taking a timed check-in approach at bedtime, it likely makes makes most sense to take a timed check-in approach during the night as well. So when your baby wakes up overnight, you would take that approach where you leave, but you check back on them. Going back to what we talked about earlier, you would be deciding how much time you're going to be out of the room, how much time you're going to spend in the room, what you're going to do when you're in the room, always focusing on not being too stimulating, but not offering sleep props either and allowing baby to go back to sleep independently in each situation. The other scenario where I might offer a timed check-in approach is where that's all that's logistically feasible for that family. If I am working with a single mom who has a three and a half year old and an eight month old, and we are working on the eight month old sleep We don't really have a choice but to do a timed check-in approach. You can't really feasibly do a sit-in-the-room approach with an eight-month-old 
when you have a three and a half year old running amok throughout the house by themselves. You have to have supervision for that older child. So that's kind of just logistically a scenario where you're limited on the approaches you can take unless you have a friendly neighbor or a grandparent or some other caregiver who can come over and hang out with your three and a half year old while you sit in the room and sleep coach your eight month old. So that would be another scenario where you might consider a timed check-in approach because it's just what's feasible for your family. So those are a few of the more common sleep coaching approaches you will hear about. So many parents see amazing results with sleep coaching when methods are used that provide ongoing support and guidance and love and reassurance as baby is learning. It's also really important to understand, however, that while sleep coaching does not need to mean simply leaving your baby to cry without support, there will inevitably be tears involved in any approach because learning a new skill is going to be frustrating for your baby. If your baby has had six months, 10 months, two years to learn one way of going to sleep, and now we're starting on night one with something brand new, we have to expect this is going to be frustrating for your baby. But the goal is to ensure that we have a plan for managing those inevitable tears in a way that your little one is not just left alone for those huge extended periods of time with no support. They have support. They have reassurance. They can hear your voice. They can feel your touch. They can be picked up for a hug if they need a hug. And we can guide them through this transition so that they and everyone in your family can get healthy rest. Sleep is an essential need. It is okay to want proper sleep for your baby and your family. And sleep coaching does not have to mean traditional old school cry it out where your baby has no support. It does not need to mean that. I am aware that there is a lot of big scary stuff on the internet about sleep coaching and about the outcomes of sleep coaching. But there are also some really great more recent studies that show zero issues with child-parent bond, child-parent attachment, your baby's psychological functioning and stress issues, zero relationship between that and sleep coaching when you use sleep coaching approaches that involve support, like fading, as one of the studies calls it, which is more like a sit-in-the-room approach, like a timed check-in approach where you're there for your baby and you're reminding them that you're there and you're not leaving them alone for those big extended periods of time without support. There was a study done a few years ago, published in the Journal of Pediatrics by some Australian researchers that shows all of these things. We can actually link it in the show notes for today because I know many of you are interested in that and I get so many questions about it. And it's an excellent study and article to point you in the direction that you can see some techniques that can have amazing positive outcomes for your and your baby's sleep that do not need to be traditional, old school, cry it out. So I hope today was helpful. I know I do get so many questions about what sleep coaching can look like or should look like, but when it comes to should, it's what you should do for your family. We can't tell each other what you should do. You have to decide based on your individual baby, your parenting style, the logistics of your family and what's feasible for you, what you're going to do in terms of sleep, and then take an approach that you're comfortable with, that you're confident in, that you have a plan for, that you will be consistent about and work on sleep coaching with that plan because 
it is with consistency and time that your child is going to learn those amazing healthy sleep habits. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with a mom or dad who might need some rest. Connect with us on Instagram at The Happy Sleep Company and check out our website, thehappysleepcompany.com for loads of blogs, sleep guides, and information about how we work with families one-on-one to get sleep on track.